Listening to the coffee hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golset. It is Monday, August 5th. <laughs> yes, it is. Happy August. M- happy <laughs> August. Well, it's also, what did we call it? Birthiversary? No. Oh, birth- right. Anniversary. So, Anniversary. An- yes. Something like that. <laughs> That's what we call it in my house. Anniversary. <laughs> uh, good stuff on deck. We're going to take a look at the August issue of The Lutheran Witness today. Yes. Uh, we'll get to talk with one of the contributors and. The interim managing editor interim. of the <laughs> interim. Did I say that correctly? Sure. Interim <laughs> managing editor of the Lutheran Witness. Uh, it's a good week. Good stuff on deck this week as well. Uh, we'll continue to uh, share a follow up from convention. We had mm. a really fun. We have a really fun story to share with you later this week. Uh, follow up to a one year follow up to our story on. Um, godparents and godchildren mm-hmm. and that wonderful vocation. Uh, beautiful story. We had a chance to record that last week. So uh, we'll get to t- share that with you later this week. All kinds of good stuff. Mission work, all good stories. So you got to listen to the Coffee Hour this week. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Joining us by phone this morning, the Reverend Dr. Ryan Tanetti, pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church in Arcadia, Michigan, also author of Seven Reasons to be Joyfully Lutheran in the August issue of the Lutheran Witness. Pastor Tanetti, thanks for being our guest this morning. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. How are things in beautiful Arcadia, Michigan this morning? Just like you would expect. 75, sunny, oh. Lake Michigan, lapping onto the beach. It's perfect. And we got VBS going on this week, so it's a lot of fun. Oh, stop that. It's so nice. Sarah's a Michigander as <laughs> I well. Am. She's Arcadia envious. is beautiful. <laughs> I want to be there right now. <laughs> Tell us your story of becoming joyfully Lutheran. You you haven't been uh, Lutheran your entire life. Um, and so, and, and kind of in the same boat here myself, tell me, tell us uh, your story of becoming joyfully Lutheran. Yeah, so it winds around a little bit. Um, my last name is Tinetti, so not a whole lot of like Italian Lutheran pastors out there, a little bit of a unicorn. So that's kind of a dead <laughs> giveaway. First off, um, my dad's side of the family, all uh, Italian and Roman Catholic, and um, so I was baptized Catholic. My mom had the Lutheran side, and so I would actually grow up going to, one week I'd go with my dad to Mass, next week I'd go with my mom to her Lutheran church, and sort of went back and forth until kind of confirmation age, and they were like, okay, you know what, you need to choose one or the other, and, you know, a 7th, 8th grade kid isn't necessarily in the best, like, theological position to make that decision, (laughs) but you know, my mom's Lutheran church had the cuter girls, and so... Um, Priorities. That's how, God, that's how God worked there, right? Um, but, I, by, I mean, my faith um, didn't really grow until I went to college. I went to Michigan State. Again, not um, kind of a hotbed of pastoral formation. Um, but uh, I, I got connected with a campus ministry there, kind of a non-denominational evangelical campus ministry, and got really deeply involved. And some good things 
definitely came out of that. It got me reading the scriptures in a way that I hadn't before, learning how to um, share the gospel with uh, folks who didn't know Christ. A lot of good things came out of that, but also it really kind of led me down a path of um, focusing on kind of legalistic type stuff and and the rules of Christianity. And um, I kind of got to my senior year of college and my home pastor said, so um, Lutheran pastor had said, like, where are you at faith-wise? And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I love Jesus. He's like, that's great. I'm glad you love Jesus. But what do you actually believe? And that kind of pushed me to the next step of figuring out what I really believe. And, well, it goes on from there, but the long and short of it is I just came back to the, the depth and the beauty of the Lutheran tradition and realized this is this is actually where I want to be. Doggone it, I'm a Lutheran. I, <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> Imagine that. What were some of the yeah. of the misconceptions that, that you uh, had about uh, the, the churches of really deep tradition, like the Catholic and the Lutheran church? Yeah, well, I think that I had definitely gotten this impression that um, you know, in the Lutheran Church, it's just kind of stayed and old-fashioned. Now, I would actually, I would say, yeah, we're old-fashioned. That's actually a good thing. But certainly, in in my twenties, I thought, no, it's just old-fashioned, and you know, it's just rote, memorized type stuff, and it's it's lifeless. And then, you know, I'd go to more of kind of a big box church. It's like, okay, the music is fun. Everything's really alive here. Um, but as I look more deeply into it, I realized, no, what on the surface you might think doesn't look like it, uh, a, a lot of life, there is, uh, well, there's that old saying, still waters run deep, right? And um, the, the depth of Lutheran faith and take, for instance, the liturgy and this beautiful rhythm, this back and forth of God giving his gifts to us and, and we responding to him. And I don't think that I had fully appreciated that growing up. And um, it was only through later study and, and other folks sharing with me that I started to see, oh, wait a second, there's a lot more than meets the eye here. And for an 80s kid who loved Transformers, that actually was really appealing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good yes. reference. I love it. <laughs> what do you now appreciate about the Lutheran Church? What, uh, what makes you joyfully Lutheran today? Right, sure. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a pastor, so I'm biased in all these ways. So, you know, just full, full disclosure, right? But um, truly, I think at the most basic level, it's that in the Lutheran Church, Jesus delivers the goods. I mean, that here is where we we get the gospel week by week. We get word and sacrament. We get the the fellowship of the baptized. We get a a tradition that's committed to works of mercy and serving our neighbor with the understanding that. We do that not to merit God's favor and his affection, but uh, flowing out of that identity as his beloved children, all of that package wrapped together. And um, it's just it's a beautiful thing when you start to see how it all flows together. And um, it's, it's a joy to be part of this church and this fellowship and to be part of, of God's way of delivering those gifts. So we're talking about being joyfully Lutheran. That's been our theme for, what, the last three years now? <laughs> um, right, right. What what are and there's probably a, a whole lot of reasons to be joyfully Lutheran, but you pick out yes. seven uh, pretty specific ones that I think are, are pretty great. Uh, what what right. are what? some are so great? It's more than once, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what yeah. are uh, what are seven reasons to be joyfully Lutheran? 
Yeah, so it was. It was kind of, I was, uh, seven, of course, is a good biblical number. It's like, okay, how many do I want to pick here? But um, I just went with some that I, are most near and dear to my heart. So I already mentioned number one is just that we put Jesus front and center, that he um, and, and his continued work through the Holy Spirit suffuses everything that we do. But number two, I, I say it's because we were protesting before it was cool. You know, <laughs> nowadays... Everybody and their brothers protesting something, you know, Wall Street, Main Street, Sesame Street, whatever it might be. Um, but in the Lutheran tradition, we really kicked that off, protesting against um, the way that the gospel had been perverted and misunderstood and, and covered over. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we've been doing that since 1517. That should be a shirt. I don't know if it already is. But, um <laughs> That's, so that's, that's another one. Um, but one that um, I think I kind of alluded to here um, is that we, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater in the Lutheran, Lutheran tradition. And, and by that I mean, you know, we look back at the long history of the church, stretching back 2,000 years. And if you want to include, you know, old, God's Old Testament people, many more thousands of years beyond that. Um, we look at all that is good from the scriptures and from the Christian tradition, and we hold fast to that. Um, and we test it against the scripture and things that are contrary to God's truth. We say, ah, not so fast. And that was kind of the, the theme and the spirit of the Reformation. Let's hold on to what's good. What's not so good, we're going to leave out. And it's so easy to fall off on either way and just say, no, we're just going to take everything that comes at us and just keep it because we've always done it that way. Or on the flip side to say, hey, you know what? Um, what's new is always best, and if there's old stuff, we need to throw it out. And I think as Lutherans, we kind of keep that um, bo both and. And by the way, I don't know why anybody's throwing babies out with bathwater. Have you guys figured that out? Maybe somebody you've interviewed can explain why. It's <laughs> not a good idea. That is such a weird phrase. It always creeps me Right. <laughs> it does a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, uh, another one that I think kind of follows on from that is just that as – as Lutherans, we really relish paradox. Um, you know, Scripture is full of paradoxes, and by paradox I mean, you know, when there's two things that seem contrary and contradictory, and yet both true at the same time. You know, both saint mm -hmm. and sinner at the same time, 100%. And um, again, it's I think natural temptation to read the scriptures and to come across those things that you think, well, how, how does this all fit together? You know, how is God able to have this um, grace and his, you know, one-handed salvation of us, but still we are able to respond to him, um, to trust in him? Well, how do these things work? And uh, it's easy to fall off and say, well, we're, we're just going to explain the places where scripture is silent or make it to say something that it doesn't so that it eases our human logic. But um, in our Lutheran tradition, we say, let Scripture speak. Even if things don't add up um, fully in our human reasoning, we're will willing to um, trust the Scriptures and, and God's truth. So that relishing paradox is important. Um, a couple other ones that I say is we have the best hymns. This is obviously a subjective kind of claim. I would but, agree. Uh, that's an, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you would agree with the subjective or that it's the best? Or no, both? that we have the best. Right. So, I mean, again, coming out of um, more kind of evangelical Christianity, and I think there's um, you know, a lot of good music, things to commend there. But when you really taste a, a great classic Christian hymn, 
and you start to read the lyrics and when the the tune is wedded with it like it just makes you weep i mean you think of wake awake for a night is flying and um this is one that usually gets sung toward the end of the church year i actually sing it at, at my um wedding wake awake for night is flying mm-hmm. and it just oh it's so beautiful and that doesn't come out of nowhere. You know, the, the music of the Reformation that still continues today, great contemporary hymn writers like Stephen Starkey, um, it's just such a blessing. And, of course, we, with that baby in bathwater kind of thing, we take from anywhere, right? Like, you don't just have to be a Lutheran and we, we take your hymn. Like, Charles Wesley, <laughs> good Methodist, we're like, hey, you've got some good stuff, we'll take that, too. Um, so I, I think we're kind of omnivorous in that way. Um, and then one more is just uh, we embrace Christian freedom. Uh, it kind of goes along with the relishing, the paradox that um, with Christian freedom, it's one of those things where, and you see it nowadays, um, on the one hand, you can be super legalistic and just say, you know, you have to go this way and no coffee, no beer, no this, that, and the other thing. Um, or on the other hand, to be like, hey, you know what? Eat, drink, and be merry. Like, live however you want because God loves to forgive. And so this is kind of what it means to be Christian. It's like neither of those answers are satisfying or true. Um, And I think at our best as Lutherans, we kind of toe that fine line between, on the one hand, legalism, and on the other hand, licentiousness, and instead just live into into the gospel, into the the freedom that, that Christ has won for us. That's only so, six, but I guess we're out of time. <laughs> I mean, the last right, one's kind right. of important. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, in, the, in the article, I just um, I, I cap it off by saying we put Jesus front and center. And, yes, I said that already, but you know what? It bears repeating. It, and the uh, beginning and end, Alpha and Omega, that's biblical, right? Mm-hmm. So. Amen. Amen. Pastor Ryan Tonetti, Trinity Lutheran Church, Arcadia, Michigan. Thank you so much for being our guest this morning and sharing about uh, seven reasons to be joyfully Lutheran in the Lutheran Witness this month. Guys, it's been a joy. God bless you. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll share more on the theme from the August issue of the Lutheran Witness. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Oh,